Alright, what is going on everybody? How is everybody doing today? Welcome back here today to episode 5 now of the Just Ballin' Podcast. And today, I'm here with my first guest on the podcast, my friend Christian. What's going on? Uh, excited to be on. Thanks for having me. It should be fun. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about a couple things here today. We're going to start off with the Knicks mess, their press conference they had after the loss against Cleveland about a week ago. Uh, Mello signing with the Portland Trailblazers, and then we're both going to give our top five in MVP at the moment, who we think should be ranked one to five in the MVP voting, and then we're going to answer some mailbag questions. All right, yeah, so the first topic we're going to be talking about is the Knicks mess. Now, uh, like Scott Perry and Steve Mills held mm -hmm. a uh, press conference after their blowout loss against Cleveland the other week where they ended up losing 108 to 87 at home. And yeah, this was pretty shocking. What do you think about all this, Christian? Um, I, as a Knicks fan, it's unbelievable the stuff that just keeps happening <laughs> with this team. Um, I think Mills and Perry are fine right now. I think Fizdale's fine. I like Fizdale as a coach, actually. I don't know how you feel about him. Um, and they're just kind of throwing him under the bus uh, as kind of the scapegoat for what is the organization's fault, not really his. It starts with Dolan and the whole mess with him. Um, I also, I don't know about you, but the fact that guys like Marcus Morris are playing big minutes over oh, Knox and, don't even get me started. and uh, Frank, guys like that, you know, before, uh, earlier in the season especially, um, you saw Alfred Payton was getting big minutes over Frank. That's just something I don't like at all. Yeah, I, I personally think, like, I think Steve Mills, he's been here way too long. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's been here, like, in the Knicks organization for most of the last, like, 15 years. He took, yeah. like, a three-year break, and that was when Mike Woodson was the head coach, and the Knicks had their best season yet. But they were primed for regression with, like, old guys like Marcus Camby. Yeah, was the oldest Fugioni, roster in the league, right? Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. getting so many minutes. So they were primed for regression anyway, so I'm not going to hate on Mills for when that team fell apart but like i think it's time for a change i like scott perry though like you said like in 2017 mm -hmm. he drafted frank Neal. well i'm pretty sure mainly frank was because of frank, uh phil jackson yeah phil jackson they got like yeah they got david dotson in the second round which if you're getting a rotational player in the second round that's very solid um and then 2018 they had like i've talked about it before like they had an incredible draft with trier robinson and knox, knox like, yeah. that's a very solid draft it's a very good draft uh, yeah, but, like, just this offseason, like, obviously, they struck out on Kevin Durant, struck out on Kyrie Irving, um, and they didn't trade for Anthony Davis. He wanted, and, yeah, he wanted to come. And, like, yeah, I, I'm, like, obviously, I kind of like the, I like the Randall signing at the time. What did you think about the Randall signing? Um, the Randall signing, I wasn't the biggest fan of at first, and then when I saw the term that they can opt out after two years, I think it is, right? Yeah, um, three-year three to two-year team option. I mean, it's slow risk. Yeah, And he's, he could be I, a bridge player to get you to better times. Yeah, he they signed him when he was 24. But he like I expected him to be their number one option this year. And I was fine with that. He's coming off a 21 points, eight and a half rebound season. Yes, that was with Anthony Davis being hiatus for most of the year. But still, you'd expect some promise out of a 24-year-old that kind of had a breakout year. Uh, for his position, but he has been nothing short of disappointment this year. He's averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds. He's actually been a very good offensive rebounder. Don't get me wrong there. He's averaging almost three a game, but he's shooting at an effective field goal percentage of 44%. He has taken, I want to pull this up. He's taken 45 threes this year, 
45. He's hit nine of them. He's taking three and a half a night, and he's shooting 20%. He also, like, what pisses me off so much about, like, David Fisdell not fixing this is him bringing up the ball. I don't think he should ever be the primary ball handler. Let RJ or let Frank be that or DSJ when he's in or even when Alfred Payton comes back. Don't let Joyce Randall be the primary ball handler. He's averaging four turnovers a game for a power forward, which is incredible because these aren't on like steals out of the post. These are like him trying to be fancy with his ball handling on the perimeter. And it's just, I don't know. It's very frustrating to watch uh, as a Knicks fan. I, I think Fizdell is hasn't been good as a head coach. I do think that they should be winning more games with this roster. Like last night, uh, I think it was the final four possessions. Joyce Randall was cold the whole game. And then he hit three straight shots, which was huge for them. But then he's demanding the ball for the final shot that they were going to get to be, maybe go by two possessions. And Devontae Graham would have tied the game at least and not taken the lead. And he takes a wild run and floater with his like offhand and he bricked it and David hit the rim and it's just stuff like that where I don't know he took the final shot as well that I think David David Fisdell put in Wade Ellington who didn't play at all the whole, the whole game, game yeah. instead of and he took out RJ Barrett who was having I thought his best game as a pro at least efficiency wise on volume I don't know it's been a lot of up and downs for the Knicks this year like I think Kevin Knox needs more a little bit more playing time I'm not gonna say I he agree. should be playing more than Marcus Morris but yeah um, yeah, kind of going off that a little bit. Nah, Randall loves to hold on to the ball in the paint. Yeah, it's, it's... he does not give it up at all. He just holds on to that thing. Uh, Morris loves to do the same thing. I feel like he loves to hold on to the ball forever. Um, speaking about RJ and his best game as a pro the other night, I really like the way he's playing. He's um, playing good. He's confident too. What do you think his ceiling is? I'm interested. Personally, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll ever be like a top fifteen player. Yeah, I don't think but he's I a superstar, he, but I think he could yeah. be very. He's not the guy to get you over the edge, but I think he's going to be a really good piece. Yeah, I think he could be a fringe All NBA third team guy. Uh, I think he could be a top twenty five guy in the NBA, which is perfect. Like that is what you would want out of the third pick in the draft if he wasn't mm-hmm. like a transcending talent. Yeah, I just think like his free throw percentage has been getting a little bit better uh, over the last couple of games. Uh, his efficiency was really, I think, the best of the season last night. He shot uh, 8 for 16 and 2 for 4 from 3, and then went 4 for 5 from the line. 22 points, uh, 2 assists, 5 rebounds. He started off, I think, 1 for 6, but he picked it up. Uh, but yeah, I think he's just got to use his body more. I wish he got more shot attempts a game. I mean, he's averaging, I would say, a decent amount for a rookie. Uh, he's averaging 14 shots a game. Yeah, and yeah, he's playing 34 minutes a night, which is crazy. Uh, but I, I actually, I kind of like where his path is right now. I wouldn't really want to change anything. Obviously, you would like the free throw percentage to be a little bit better. Uh, but I think this is a fine start to the season for R.J. Barrett. I agree with that. I like R.J. so far. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Frank's defense as of late? It's, it's been getting elite. Like, Frank is, really if he can just become confident on the offensive end, He's going to yeah. be a really nice piece as a rotational I, player. I saw this thing that Mike Breed was talking about last night. Uh, his road splits. He's shooting 44% from the field and 57 from three on the road. At home, he's shooting 20% and less than uh, 10% from three. Wow. He's shooting 8% from three at home. It's it's bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't get these splits. Maybe he's just like not poised for the garden. 
when he shoots the ball sometimes. I don't know. Uh, but you know what? I, I just think the Knicks need to like this year wasn't going to be good anyway. Like their peak was going to be, I would say 35 wins, maybe flirt with an eight seed if the East was that bad. Yeah. I thought but eight like, seed was if, possible. Yeah. If, if they're on path just to be like, let's say they go 24 in what? Uh, 58. I mean, that sucks, but Hey, that's seven more wins than last year. Mm-hmm. Marcus Morris will probably be gone. Wade Ellington will probably be gone. What a Taj Gibson Taj or Bobby Gibson. Portis will probably be gone. You're going to draft the top guy in the draft. Uh, and then you could just build around DSA, who you picked up his option. You're going to build around Neil Keaton and Knox, who you pick up their options. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, uh, Julius Randle still, if they could fix him. And I, I don't know. I think a new head coach isn't the worst idea for next year. I just don't know if the Knicks should go for a rookie head coach, like signing somebody That's off like someone's coaching tree, or do they go for like a proven name already? But there's not that many good proven names on the market. There's not a lot of guys out there right now, yeah. Yeah, like do you really want Mark Jackson, Dave Yorger? Uh, do you want what Stan Van Gundy or Jeff Van Gundy? Uh, I just don't think. I think Mark Jackson uh, not... will get brought up a lot. Yeah, he will. Uh, I don't really know too much about him besides like obviously what he did at Golden State. Uh, but I heard a lot of mixed feelings about him. But I don't know. I think the Knicks need to just accept where they are for this year. Don't do anything stupid throughout the year. Don't fire anybody throughout the year. Uh, explore the trade market at the deadline. Move pof- possibly Marcus Morris to like Utah or Portland or some team that wants a. Uh, scoring wing off the bench, or even he could start. Uh, he's been actually really efficient this year uh, for what he's been given. And I, I just think you got to play it by ear, play the young guys, just accept your fate that you're not going to be a good team this year, even though you wanted to be. Just accept it and go from there. Add another pick to this team, have a good young core, and then maybe have a respectable team uh, for 2021 free agency where you could maybe win. I don't know. If you can win, the Knicks can win 35 plus games next season i think that'd be respectable enough to maybe go after a free agent in the, uh the summer so yeah uh that's what we're going to talk about on the Knicks mess now we're going to talk about uh the carmelo anthony signing all right so now we're going to talk about the carmelo anthony signing Woj broke the news the other night that the portland trailblazers were going to make a desperation move inside carmelo anthony uh i believe it uh christian knows more of the details on it uh, what did you say before? It was partially guaranteed till January what? Yeah, January seventh. Uh, January seventh. As long as he's on the roster, if he doesn't get waived till then. Yeah, so I, I guess that sparks the question: Do you think he'll be a Portland Trailblazer by the end of April? Um, I would hope so. As a Knicks fan, I really want him to. Yes. I want him to succeed there. Uh, I like the fit. I think they need a player like him. I think he helps out. Uh, still think they need to go get a big or two. They're really hurting there. Yeah, Zach no. Collins out till yeah. March, and uh, Hassan Whiteside. He's been he's been fine on the offensive end, but his defense has been a little bit shaky, especially in the pick and roll. Uh, he's looking like he's just a little bit slower out there, but he's still a good shot blocker. Uh, he's averaging your two uh, blocks per game. I just think Mello. I don't want him to be a scapegoat, but I don't want him to have like the volume we've been seeing of yes. Mello. Uh, like I don't want him taking more than 12 shots a night, maybe even 10 shots a night, because I don't think you're going to get that much efficiency out of Melo still. Uh, but, like, I think when Collins comes back, when Nurkic comes back, Nurkic if need. he's, like, yeah, if he's, like, their eighth guy in the rotation, I think that's solid. Play 10 to 15 minutes a night, go in, work his isolation with Anthony Simons, Ken Bazemore, if he's still there off the bench, Nasir Little, Mary Hazonio, who's ever out there. Let it be your offensive guy off the bench, and don't expect anything more out of that. Mm-hmm. I still think they should make a trade. Uh, I've talked about 
uh, Kevin Love talked about Daniel Gallinari, Marcus Morris. I think they they would all be solid fits. Uh, I mentioned Thad Young on Twitter. I'm just trying to think of like low cost power forwards that could spread the floor, but also play a little bit of Thad defense. Yeah, Thad Young is interesting, but I know Bulls fans. Everything. Yeah, they love him and they uh, say he's like their leader. Um, their team, which he is, like I believe, one of the oldest players on the roster, if not the oldest player. But I think of Chicago, like they were able to get a like a first round pick for him. I, I think, think you, you have to do take that. that. Yeah, right. For like, you're still a rebuilding team. Thad Young is 31 at the moment. He is going to be 32 by the uh, time this season ends. And he signed, I believe, a three year deal. Yeah, he signed a th- three three and yeah. a half. Yeah, so, like, I don't even know. Like, you're going to be paying him 14 mil when he's 34, 35. If you could get a first-out pick for that, uh, I mean, I think you should take that. But, uh, yeah, I think Portland, I I like deciding I'm so happy for Melo. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, if you you were to say one player you would like to also see the Blazers add at the four or the three even, I guess, well, the four because Hood will be the three. Who do you think they should go after? Like, the one guy they should go after. Um, you said Kevin Love. Kevin Love is interesting. I'm not sure that's something you'd want to go after, though. I think he's very interesting, though, because he he's expensive. He's, he's expensive, expensive, and he's definitely regressed. Um, yeah. But he's not. If he goes to Portland, he's not going to be asked to do what he's being asked to do right now. Yeah, he can space the floor. Still a solid rebounder, but his contract this year, 29 mil, 31 mil, 31 mil, 29 mil. It's yeah, it's a hefty contract. They're already paying Dame. They're already paying CJ all this money. Uh, they're going to probably look to maybe try to resign Hood in the offseason. Uh, they're going to pay Nurkic eventually uh, when his contract comes up, and I think two years or something like that. Uh, he's definitely an expensive option, and you're probably going to have to give up a first or and Simons yeah. or Nasir Little. Yeah, so I think... Gallinari, I think, could be a perfect fit. You give a lot of protected first, so it'll be a late first you're losing anyway. You throw in Kent Bazemore as a salary match, and you're getting a good stretch for... doesn't really help out the defense that much, but I guess in that case, if you're just scoring, I guess you really don't need to defend that much if you're going to be one of the best offensive teams in the league. But if they were looking for, like, I guess, a uh, uh, medium between offense and defense, I do like Thad Young a lot because uh, I think he's still a solid defender. Uh, at least more towards the paint than the perimeter. But, yeah, I, I like the Mellow signing. I think they were actually a team to go after him that I think he'll actually give a fair shot. I think Terry Stotts will actually use him correctly. Maybe not like Dan Tony did or uh, Billy Donovan did. Yeah. But, yeah, I think we both like the signing for Carmelo Anthony, and we're both happy for him. Yeah, one more thing. I like the spot, too, of Portland. Um, it's kind of out of the way of, you know, it's not a New York, it's not a Houston, you know, where... They're not going to be on national television, you know, 20, 30 times a year. He's going to be able to just kind of do his thing. And I think that's good for him because he kind of tends to be scapegoated, as you said. Yeah, they're they're five and eight currently. They're tied for the ninth seed in the Western Conference, so they definitely needed to make a move. They were just it just wasn't going well for them. Uh, They've just been dealt with so many injuries to start the season. They're a playoff team. Yeah, they are definitely a playoff team on roster. Uh, I would say they're even better than some of the teams that had them, like OKC. I would still think yes. they're better than Dallas. Uh, but yeah, I just think that this move was... It's not like a... It's not going to make them... Put them over the edge. No. Like, now they're a finals contender. But I think piece. this is definitely... Yeah, it's another bench piece to add. Uh, and I think it'll help them more than hurt them than some of the other guys on their roster. 
currently are. All right, guys. So now we're going to do a segment where we're going to be giving you guys our top five in the MVP voting at the moment that we think are the top five candidates for the most valuable player award. We're going to be doing this from five to one, and we're going to both give our fives that are fours and then etc. So yeah, we're going to debate here a little bit on why we think X player should be at X spot. So yeah, Christian, you want to start off with your uh, fifth player currently at the MVP? Uh, five, I had a lot of trouble deciding the last guy. Uh, I was between Cat and Siakam. Okay. Um, I'm going to give the slight edge to Cat. He has been unbelievable so far. Yeah. I mean, he's... I don't know if you watched his game last night, but he... No, I actually didn't get to see he it. He was going off. He... They, uh, he was. I think they ended up losing... Um, but he was really good. Uh, 27 points, 15 rebounds, three of six from three. He's been a really good three point shooter this oh, year. Oh right, yeah, I was just gonna 43% say. 43 percent from three this year. It's incredible. Over 51 percent from the field. He's been great. And he's taking eight and a half attempts too from three, which is crazy for a seven uh, or for a six eleven center. But yeah, I definitely would put him in consideration. My fifth guy is uh, James Harden, actually. Really. So yeah, James Harden. It's it's hard, but the Rockets are they're doing better now. They are currently uh, ten and three, so there's that for them. Uh, James Harden started off pretty slow efficiency wise. I wouldn't say he's still being super efficient this year. Like Got last better. night, he like last night, like this this stat one he had last night is just incredible with Westbrook out. He shot the ball forty one times last night. Forty one. He was thirty nine percent from the field. He went eight for twenty two from three. Like, if I pull up his splits for the season, he shoot, he's averaging 39 points a game, which is... And a half, yeah. Oh my god, 14 and a half free throw attempts, and he's shooting at an effective field goal percentage of 51%, which is about league average, so I'll give him the benefit out of the doubt there. But yeah, the, the Rockets are 10-3. and three. Uh, He's been their best player, obviously, by far. It seems harder, though. I don't think he will be in the MVP conversation by the end of the year. I just think if he's just going to take this, uh, this amount of volume... Uh, I just don't think he'll be efficient enough to win MVP. Uh, but I don't think the Rockets are going to be good enough by the end of the year. I don't think they'll be a top two seed in the West. But there's definitely a chance they will be. Where uh, do you think so he yeah. ends up points-wise? Like, points per I don't think 39 and a half is sustainable. But I, I think he'll be more towards his 36 of last year, which is still incredible. I mean, yeah. like 36 a night. What impressed uh, me is I, he's got eight assists a night, too. Just about. Yeah, like he's still being a facilitator. Obviously, yeah. when he drives with his left hand, uh, he's Can't really going to kick it out to either Daniel House or P.J. Tucker uh, or obviously Eric Gordon, but Eric Gordon's hurt now, and he was struggling. But the lobs to Clint Capella, who's also hurt. So he's going to actually have to carry here uh, with those guys out. We'll see a little bit of James Harden from last year, but we'll see if Westbrook can even take the uh, the load off him because his volume is crazy. Taking his usage 25 too, yeah. shots a night. Yeah, he's going to be at the top of usage by the end of the year which is crazy i don't know i think yeah i haven't been five it was between him or siakam and i went with harden uh so is your four who's your four uh number four i have luca um uh, okay luca i put in there he has been so good talk about i mean that trade with the hawks i don't yeah. think you complain if you're either team that's one of the best trades for both sides we've seen in a while, I think. Both of those guys are, like, guys you build around. Yeah. Absolute and, like, uh, like Luca's ball vision, I think, is, like, the greatest, like, I've seen out of a 20-year-old uh, over the last 10 years. Like, when he drives, 
it's like he kicks it out to the guy you don't even expect to be open. Like, he'll mm-hmm. find Maxi Kleba, DeLon Wright, Tim Hardaway Jr. in the corner, on the wing, at the box. It's just, his vision is incredible. It's yeah. incredible, and it's only going to get better. And Porzingis well. isn't even playing that great right now. Yeah, no, he's been struggling, especially yeah. in uh, the post, too. They so keep I posting him up, and it's not better, working yeah. out. Once he gets better, I think you'll see yeah. maybe even more of an improvement. I mean, he's yeah. averaging almost a triple-double so far. Uh, 20 and a half I think points, this is 10 a rehab. Seven rebounds, 9.1 assists. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a rehab year, too, for Kristaps. I didn't expect him to be much this yes. year. Yes, next year is big, when you judge. Fine. Yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of like Gordon Hayward was, too. Yeah, I mean, he was great till he got hurt, yeah. yeah. Uh, so my fourth is actually Cat. Uh, I did not expect the Timberwolves to be over 500 13 games in. Obviously, that is a big part of Andrew Wiggins having his best season of his career so far. Uh, but yeah, Cat, he's been incredible. Just his three-point shooting has just been insane. He's taking the next step there. Uh, he took four and a half attempts last year. He's taking almost double that at eight and a half this year. Uh, I think that's sustainable. I think that's what he's going to be doing throughout the year. He's still being super efficient on twos. Uh, he's shooting 59% uh, from twos this year. He's getting to the line about seven times a night, shooting 76% there. I think he's been a better defensive player. I still won't say he's been a great defensive player, but I think he's definitely a serviceable to good defensive player. And I think, yeah, he's going to be top five in, I think, MVP voting the whole year. Or he'll be at least top seven, uh, as long as the Timberwolves are a winning team. Yeah. Uh, Towns is, I mean, if you consider where he is now to when he came into the league, he was, I know he was first overall, but he was pretty raw on the offensive yeah. end. Um, now he's developed the three-point shot we were talking about before, which just adds a whole other dimension to his game. Uh, he's, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, three, I feel like somebody in your top three is somebody I left out just because I won't say the reason yet. But uh, who do you who do you have at three? I have Harden at three, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you have Harden at three. Yeah. So I have Harden, you have Harden over Cat and Luca. I just feel like Harden is. I mean, I watched his game. Uh, who were they playing the other night? It was the Clippers. Yeah. That game was a really good game. Um, he was just he's just incredible. He's on another level when he get when he's on. He is. Uh, impossible to stop when he's consistently hitting that step back three there's nothing you can do he's scored less than 25 points once this season he scored less than 30 points three times that's it that's it's absurd uh so my uh third guy is somebody you mentioned already and that's Luka Doncic yeah uh yeah so the Mavericks they're seven and five uh with the Warriors obviously not making the playoffs this year and like the Spurs looking a little uh shaky through the first couple games. I I think that the Mavericks could definitely make the playoffs this year. They're definitely a good enough roster. And Luka has just been incredible. Passing the ball, shooting the ball. His defense hasn't even been that bad. Uh, yeah, so do you think the Mavs are going to make the playoffs this year? I think they will. I really think they will. Especially, we were talking about Porzingis before. You would think he should get better as the season goes along. I mean, he's yeah. averaging, what, 18 a game right now? Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been that bad. I think he's shooting under 40%. He should get better. There's seven right now in the West. Um, There's teams behind them, though, that should get... I mean, we were talking about the Trailblazers earlier. Uh, Spurs could slip up there a little bit, but I think those are really the only two teams that have a shot of moving up. 
Uh, like Thunder Grizzlies, I don't expect to be there. And then the other teams at the bottom, I expect to stay at the bottom. All right, so now we're going to give our top two in MVP uh, this year. So there's going to be one player each of us left out that I think it might be the same player or it might be the other one on the same team. So I'll say my second pick uh, in MVP. I have LeBron. Uh, I have LeBron Is that too. the same? Yep. Okay, okay. So I, I think we, we left both, out the I'm, same guy. Yeah, Anthony Davis. Yep. Yeah, I, I like wanted to put Anthony Davis in there over possibly Harden, but I just didn't want to put another Laker in. But it's definitely, I think, perfectly fine if you think Anthony Davis is an MVP guy at the moment. He's been incredible this year. But I just wanted to put one Laker, and I think the better Laker so far this year has been LeBron, which is just still crazy to say. Him being 34 years old, almost 35, 30, 24 points. He's leading the league in assists. I That's think he's the most impressive as a thing I think about yeah. him so far. I think he peaked as a passer last year or even the year before, and I think he's just getting better. I think he, this is the best he's been as a playmaker, at least facilitating the ball. Uh, he's been efficient this year. Uh, I wouldn't say from threes, though. He's shooting about 30%, uh, but his effective field goal percentage is 52. Uh, he's been efficient on twos, uh, being 54% from there. Uh, his defense, which has been solid. It's been actually really good this year, his defense. It's been better than which, yeah, it got a big, uh, he got a lot of criticism last year for his defense. So this is nice to see LeBron uh, actually proving people wrong. He's hitting the league in assist percentage at 51%, which is very high uh, for qualified guys at the current moment. And yeah, LeBron has been nothing short of incredible to the Lakers 10-2 start. And he's proving people he's he's not done yet. And he's still one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, what was your, was that the same, similar reasons to why you had LeBron at two? Yeah, um... Last year, I don't want to say you could throw it away, but he was, he wasn't healthy. Um, yeah. He still had a good year. I mean, he still put up twenty-seven and a half points last year. Um, and you were talking about his passing last year and how he was improving as a passer. He averaged eight point three assists last year, so he was still good when he played. Only played fifty-five games. Um, but this year he's kind of, I don't know how it's possible, but he's kind of taking his game to another <laughs> level. Um, he's been insane. so good. He had that dunk the other night. Um, we dunked over oh, like Bielitsa. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how he's still doing it, but he's kind of an exception. Yeah, it's it's incredible what he's done this year, and I wouldn't even say he's been super efficient. Uh, but he's just been about average. I think he'll get better too. Uh, you expect him to miss a couple games? He's played all twelve games so far. Yeah, I think he's gonna have Frank Vogel should definitely there. load management him yeah. a little bit because you just you, you don't want those thirty five year old legs getting tired. Uh when he turns 35 at least so uh i'm guessing we both have Giannis at number one yes Giannis. yeah so Giannis obviously rating mvp he's just he's improved again this year he's averaging 30 points and 14 rebounds and he's taking four threes a night which you love to see yeah 32 percent from threes just scary and bro and he's like his defense his he's got a 95 uh defensive rating per 100 possessions which is amazing uh he's averaging i believe over a block and a half a game about a block and a half a game and yeah, a, a steal and a half a game it's he's just dominant he's just i think this this modern version of what we would see like Shaq. i feel I, i'm not saying he is Shaq, but i'm saying just dominance in the paint it's it's incredible he's into the leagues and wins over replacement and win shares uh chris middleton is out too yeah so we're gonna cool. see him get a lot more volume he's winning the league in per uh, it's just, when he gets the ball, he gets scored so many ways. And I think something we got to talk about is his passing this year. It's getting even better. 
up to six and a half assists. Yeah, he is. He's unlike anything really I think the league's ever seen. Yeah, he's just kind unlike. of like he is incredible. He came out of nowhere, kind of. I mean, just out of Greece, and now I, he's averaging four, over fourteen rebounds too. It's so incredible. He, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, and I mean, we got to start talking about him next year with free agency coming up. Um, because he, they have a good team in Milwaukee, but they're not the best. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're the best um, in the East. Obviously, they would have rather, like in hindsight, they would have rather kept Brogdon over Bledsoe. Oh, yeah, Bledsoe's been, he's been kind of bad so far. Um, yeah. Uh, if you had to rank your, let's say, top five players in the NBA, where does is Giannis in there, and where would he rank? Giannis is in there, yes. Um, he's top three, I think. Top three, yeah. I th- I honestly think, obviously, I had Steph above him, but we're not going to see a lot of Steph this year. I yeah. think after this year, Giannis will be, I think, top two. Obviously, people are going to forget a little bit about Kevin Durant um, and obviously the Curry injury, but how can you not have this man as a top three player uh, in the NBA? It's just, it's absurd. Uh, actually, Eric Bledsoe hasn't been horrendous this year, but uh, obviously he's 29 going on 30. He's going to be 30 very soon, and he's making similar money to Brogdon, and Brogdon is a lot better of a defender. I won't say he's a, because Bledsoe's a great defender, uh, but Brogdon is just, as efficient as you can get, uh, yeah. for what his Especially volume, it's gonna year. go. Yeah, it's gonna go back down a little bit when uh, when Depot comes back. I doubt he's gonna take 15 shots a game. I can see around 12 to uh, 14 still, uh, but I expect his three point shooting to go up because he won't be taking four and a half attempts a game possibly. But yeah, uh, Giannis, uh, we we both have him as our number one MVP at the moment, which would put him as a back-to-back MVP winner, which would probably cement him as a Hall of Famer already. All right, guys. So me and Christian are gonna answer five mailbag questions that I asked you guys on my YouTube community tab. I just said respond to this with an NBA-related question if you want to be featured on this week's Just Ball and Mailbag. So the first one is going to come from, uh, well, just I'm just going to erase that. I, I brain farted there. All right, let me redo that. All right, guys, so now me and Christian are going to answer five mailbag questions I asked from you guys on my YouTube community tab uh, where I said respond to this with an NBA-related question if you want to be featured on this week's Just Ball and Mailbag. So the first one comes from Eli Hopkins, and he goes, are the Miami Heat a threat in the East? Christian, what do you think? I like the Heat's roster. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler, when he signed there, I didn't know how to feel about it. But the way he's kind of... I mean, he's scoring, but he's like been a little bit of a facilitator as well more than I think we're used to seeing. Like, he's been, he's been really good. Uh, he was out at the beginning of the year, and they were still playing well without him. But now since he's come back, they've continued to play well. They are, are they 8-3 and three or 9-3? and three? They are 9-3. 9-3? Three. Three? Uh, yeah, yes, they're second in the East. Um, yeah, he's coming off a 13-assist game, Jimmy Butler. He averages 3.5 yeah. a, a game for his career. He's got 7.2 so far this year. I think also Kendrick Nunn has been... 
incredible, yeah. A very big surprise this year. He was obviously their high-volume scorer before Butler came uh, back. And then once Butler came back, he had a little bit of a stretch where he scored 5, 11, 11, 10. But his last two games have been very good. 20, 23, 22 on very solid efficiency, especially in the last two games. 10 for 16 from the field, 3 for 6 on 3, and then 10 for 19 from the field, 2 for 7 from 3. Uh, he's had 8 assists a game. He's had 5 assists a game. So Kendrick Nunn is also a good facilitator. I think him... Winslow, Butler, Drogic has been playing, I think, a very solid bench role for them this year. Dang. And I think that they could be a threat in the Eastern Conference. I'm not going to say that they're a top three team because I definitely like Boston, Milwaukee, and still Philly over them. I still think I like Indiana when healthy over them. And I think I like Toronto still over them. But I wouldn't be surprised if they could beat the Pacers in a seven-game series or even Toronto or maybe even Philly or Boston. Uh but yeah, I think the Heat, they have one of the best coaches in the NBA. I don't think they'll make a move throughout the year. I think they're going to keep the ro keep the roster pretty much the same. So yeah, I think uh, we both think that the Heat are still a threat in the East. Uh, the next question is going to come from Cesar Gutierrez. He goes, will Chris Paul get traded before the deadline? My answer is no. What do you think? Um, I think they would like to. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to, though, with that contract. Yeah, that's it's, the issue. It's going to be hard to match contra, uh, salaries with that. He's making a ridiculous amount of money for uh, the remainder of his contract. 40 mil, mil right? 41 oh. mil, and then 44 mil. I believe that will be a player option, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe that is actually fully guaranteed. Uh, but yeah, Chris Paul, he's still been fine this year. I, I think that he uh, has taken a drop off a little bit, but. He's still a good point guard. I, he would be traded 100% if he wasn't making that much money. But I just think his contract is just going to limit the amount of teams that would want him. I would say maybe like it was Miami or like Detroit that would maybe try to look for him. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Gilgis Alexander has been really good for them so far too. Yeah. He's yeah. been good. They shooter, definitely want him shooter they play big minutes. So they definitely want to move him. They have guys yeah. that they want to play. Younger guys. Yeah. But it's just tough. Uh, tough to do. And I think they want to move Gallo too. Uh, let him and Diallo get more minutes because he's been a very good defender for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then obviously Gallo, we'll see if they move him or Steven Adams. Uh, so the next uh, mailbag question is, should the Hawks semi-tank this season and try to go for more of a top 10 pick or go into win-now mode and try to be a 7th or 8th seed in the East with a first-round exit? I personally think they are currently 40, but mm -hmm. the East has been pretty bad so far, so they're a game and a half out of the 8th seed. I, I think that they should... Kind of just develop their young guys. Give Cam Reddish a lot of volume. Give DeAndre Hunter. Uh, Kevin Hunter is out currently, but when he comes back, still give him his minutes. But yeah, Trey Young has been amazing this year. Continue Incredible. to build around him. Collins is still out with his suspension. But I think that the Hawks should just keep the roster the same. Don't be buyers at the deadline. Don't go after a DeRozan or anything. Don't fall into that trap. But yeah, I think that they should just keep the roster it is. If they make the playoffs, they make the playoffs. That's good. Good for experience for the young guys. But if they don't, I don't think it's the end of the world. I agree with everything. Uh, I also think they shouldn't go after anybody. Don't give up assets on your team now. They just stick with what they have. Yeah. They have a really good young roster. I mean, if if Hunter Hunter on the defensive end is already elite, I'd say. I think he's he might be one of the best perimeter defenders in the league already. Um, and Cam Reddish is... I think he's going to take some time to develop. Um, but... They have good young players. Trey Young has been incredible. When he came into the league, I did not think he would be this good this fast 
or really at all. Yeah. Like I did not think he'd be this good. Um, yeah, incredible. I think Hunter's been solid. I wouldn't say he's one of the best uh, perimeter defenders, but I definitely think he's showing some promise. He, oh no, he could definitely develop. He's a good defender to start. Moment. Yeah, uh, Cam Reddish has been pretty bad this year. Pretty bad. He's shooting twenty five percent from the field, nineteen percent from three. He's not been good on the defensive end either. He's been an extremely negative player this year, uh, and yeah, he's just gonna have to develop because he's only twenty. So you got he just turned twenty about two and a half months ago. So you gotta give him time. Mm-hmm. And Trey Young's Trey Young. I think Collins is a very startable power forward, even on a winning team. And they're just gonna have to look, I think, for another wig. That I think, I think personally, Hunter Collins and Young could be a nice trio in the starting five. And if you add another good big or another like. Yeah, if you add like a center or a power forward slash center, and then you add another two guard that's maybe better than Kevin Herter, I definitely think they can make some noise in the East. So the uh, final question we're actually going to talk about here is all-star starters so far. That was asked by Drew Basulto. So yeah, we're going to get five guys from each conference that we think should start in the all-star game. Now, this is pretty tough because we're doing this off the top of our he- top of our head. What do you want to start with first, Christian? Do you want to go East or West? Let's go West. All right, so... Definitely, I guess, going off our MVP, we definitely have to have LeBron and Luka in there, right? Yeah. LeBron, Luka, Cat. Cat at the I five. AD at the four, I'd say. Harden at the two with Luka or LeBron at the one and three? Yeah. Or do you, do you so. think somebody else should be in there? Do you think a Kawhi do you think, uh, would be in there? Do you think maybe a, I don't know, a, uh, a Nikola Jokic should be in there? Or do you think that's that's pretty I think good? Or do, oh, actually, definitely also, Damian Lillard has been good. It'd be it'd be very tough to leave Damian Lillard out. He's averaging thirty points a game this year, uh, and shooting thirty six percent from three. Yeah, and then, I mean you got to factor in George too. Yeah, would Paul He's George? Back. Yeah, the West is He's been, really good. It is really good. I think good. if I had to make it right now, like based off what we've seen this year, I would go LeBron at the one. Harden at the two, Luca at the three, eighty at the four, Cat at the five. With Lillard being like the the odd man out, but I think Lillard would belong in there. I'd go with the uh, same I don't think, thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just trying to think if there's anyone else. Uh, even though Donovan Mitchell has been great too, I just don't think he would make the starters. Uh, Devin Booker, same with him. Uh, so yeah, I think we're pretty good with that. Okay, so Eastern Conference, uh, definitely would have what Giannis and Siakam. Giannis, Siakam are in there. Okay, now this gets tricky. Do you put Kyrie in, even though the Nets are five and seven, or do you? Or Trey Young, Kemba. Actually, Kemba. Tra- oh yeah, Trey Young. I think Trey Young and Kemba would both make it as like the one and the two because I don't know what shooting guard you would think that's. I mean, I guess Jalen Brown has been really good this year. Jimmy Butler, but I don't know if Jimmy Brogdon Butler's all star starter. Also, Brogdon too. Yeah, the East is. I just tough. don't know if he could be a starter, but he's been really good so far. You could start the him at the one tough. or the two. Okay, so let's say you had. Yadis, okay. So, would Yadis or Siakam take over the center role, or would you have like Andre Drummond in there, or would you have like a uh, a uh, maybe a uh, Joel Embiid, even though he's had missed games already? I mean, Drummond is averaging nineteen and seventeen. I think you could play put Siakam at the four, Giannis at the three, and maybe okay. throw an Embiid at the five. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's only played eight games, but he's been incredible in those eight games, uh, at least efficiency-wise and uh, scoring volume-wise. All right, so we would have Giannis, Siakam, and Bede, holy height at the three, four, five, and then I think I would have Kemba and Trey Young in the backcourt, even though one's not. Yeah, I think Kyrie right now is 
when, just because uh, they're not winning. The yeah, I mean, the, the Nets do have a better record than the Hawks, but I don't know. I think it would be a debate, Kyrie or Trey Young, over the, for the fifth spot. Because the Celtics have the best record in the NBA, so you got to have them. Mm-hmm. You got to have at least one player there. That would be Kemba. Uh, but yeah, Kyrie's been really good this year. I think it'd be a, a good debate either way for uh, Kyrie or Trey Young. All right, so that's gonna wrap out episode five of the Just Bald Podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy. Uh, this was the first one with a guest. Uh, thank you for coming on, Christian. I really oh, appreciate it. It's, yeah, it's definitely fun to talk with somebody uh, rather than talking to myself. Let me know uh, <laughs> on YouTube in the comments if you guys. Uh, liked having a guest on the podcast or on maybe Apple Pod with a review. But yeah, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you guys have a fantastic day.